Hawaii Sports Nation, spring ball begins. What are the top storylines going into camp? Christian Stewart joins us to discuss. Baseball coach Mike Littlewood joins us in studio on his team's 7-1 start. Plus, women's hoops coach Jeff Judkins on the Cougars' mojo heading into Vegas. Plus, Brent Musburger and Dick Vitale with BYU in Vegas. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your host, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Yo, what up? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is March 1st. Welcome to March. Jerem Jordan alongside BYU Baseball Insider Jason Shepard. I love it. You I have, will take that. You have hit that trail really hard, and it's been fun because that team is 7-1. Right and you now. know what I'm doing after the show today? Going to watch him practice? I'm going to baseball practice, so I will are. have more stuff for you this afternoon. That's why you're the baseball insider. Welcome <laughs> welcome to March, everybody. This is exciting. To me, March is my favorite month of the year. I, I love college football. I love the fall and all that. But March is the best. It means we get to go down to Las Vegas, which we're doing tomorrow after the show. It means March Madness. It means spring weather. It means spring training with baseball. I love March. March is one of the best sporting months of the year, hands yes. down. The NBA I, gets relevant. Mar- you've got March, October, and November, I think, are the three best sports months of the year. October's good. No- November's really good. November's great. It just gets cold here. That's, why that's you not just, the case for everybody. That's why all you just stay inside for most of it. You just stay inside. Yeah, you get some good movies. Uh, they start coming Hunt out. For Red that. October, maybe. Oh my! You watched that yesterday for the first <laughs> for the, time, apparently, right? The movie that came out in 1990, The Hunt for Red October, I saw for the first time yesterday. You know what? That's okay because I saw Caddyshack uh, on TV for the first time or something recently. You know, they come, really they that come one? on they come on TV. You're like, oh, I've never seen it. We watch it, whatever. And luckily, that one was edited in some way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of in Vegas. Brent Musburg and Dick Vitale are going to be the semifinal and final talent for ESPN. How awesome is that for the West Coast Conference? It's going to be Roxy Bernstein and Brad Darty on Saturday's quarterfinals uh, from ESPN. And then, of course, BYU TV doing games with Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. But that's a big get for the WCC. There are certain, that's their number one crew. Yeah, there are certain names and voices for college basketball and college athletics. And that's two of them right there, speaking of Vitale yeah. and Musburger. Oh, baby, Collinsworth. It's going to be fun, assuming that BYU makes it to Monday. And if you watched yesterday's show, there was a great assumption that that would happen. Can we just assume that Kyle Collinsworth will be the PTPer? <laughs> the the uh, BMOC, the big man on campus? Yeah, all of that will be awesome. Which brings us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The first of 10 spring football practices begins today. Practice is still going right now, wrapping up in the next little while. More on spring football coming up, and there's a lot to discuss there. There certainly is. BYU pitchers Michael Rucker and uh, McKenna Bull uh, took home West Coast Conference Pitchers of the Week Award, so congratulations to both of them. Mike Littlewood will join us coming up to talk about that 7-1 start and Michael Rucker with uh, BYU Baseball. The West Coast Conference Men and Women's Basketball Awards are expected to be announced this morning, maybe during the show. If so, we'll let you know who those guys are. Jeff Judkins will join us. Uh, we'll ask him if Lexi Rydolch will be the player of the year. I think that she will be. Uh, the men's volleyball team stayed at number two in this week's AVCA poll. The media poll comes out today. Uh, by the way, Jerem, uh, where did you have BYU in that poll? Still not number one. They're number two. Long Beach State got two wins at Hawaii, so I have BYU number two. I love it's each like week. I don't even know you. <laughs> Every week, I'm like, why don't you vote them number one? Because they're not the number one team right now. When they are, I will vote them number one. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Spring balling. Today marks the start of BYU Spring Football. Kalani Sitake and this new coaching staff get their first crack at coaching these guys on the field. It started at 8 a.m. Mountain Time this morning. It's wrapping up, as we mentioned, sometime in the next few minutes. The Cougars have media availability about twice a week the next four weeks. This is one of those days. We'll have full coverage of BYU Spring Football right here on BYU Sports Nation throughout the month of March. There's a ton to discuss with Spring Football. Lots of storylines, which brings us to an early Twitter question. What are the top storylines going in to spring football? There's a, as you mentioned, there's pretty generic. a plethora yeah. of storylines. Which are the top storylines? Do you lines? even know what that means? I do know what it means, <laughs> Hefe. <laughs> First tweet coming in, uh, at BengalRunner10. Ty Demmer, as BYU's offensive coordinator, still gives me the chills. Can't wait to see his offense take shape. Uh, this one in from Crazy Coog Fanatic. Uh, new staff, wide receivers, offensive line, especially center, and most importantly, who is the, the DJ? Yeah. For the music, yeah. Right. Who's like they, who's they picking play... the, the musical selection? Yes, that's important as well. Maybe number thirty-seven on my list. Don't you think Jay number... Swag Daddy is probably he? He's if... commandeered the the music. I know. I know. One report out there, I believe, from Mitch Harper said that uh, Rihanna Work was one okay. of the songs played this morning. Okay. So that gives us an idea of what kind of staff this is. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on that. What are the top storylines going into spring football? So, Jason, what do you think the answer to that is? You know, we've had a lot of people chiming in on this, and and I agree that it's the offense. What is the offense going to look like, and what's Detmer going to do as the new offensive coordinator? He actually was on BYU Sports Nation last week and talked about building the offense through spring ball. It's kind of one of those frustrating things because you want to just throw it all to them right now and, and get it all in, and so it's building blocks. You know, you take here's kind of some base things, Here's uh, some wrinkles to that, and we'll put in the base stuff. And then as we go through spring ball, we'll add wrinkles. You know, it is a building process. I mean, as he said, you're not going to throw everything at them day one. You're going to give them a little bit at a time. But for me, in terms of the offense, the things I'm looking at, you know, how much are we going to see the quarterback under center? Will we finally, because we've heard for years and years, and, and now I think we're finally actually going to see it on the field, will we see the tight end actually be involved in the offense other than just as a blocker? You know, will we see less spread? Those are the things I'm looking for. What offensive scheme will we, look, will we see as we get closer you know, to the season opener? Yeah, there are a lot of questions. In fact, uh, maybe more than normal because of this new coaching staff. So that, that, is, that is a team idea. To me, it's individual. I want to see what Jamal Williams looks like. He should look great because he has not had homework until the last two months. He has been able to work out post uh, wrecking his knee against Middle Tennessee in like game nine in 2014. I think that Jamal Williams is going to crush it, that he's going to look great, that he's going to be a huge weapon for BYU this fall. And with the loss of five senior wide receivers, that Jamal Williams has a huge impact on this team. And so those are, those are some questions uh, or some storylines going in to spring football. Now, there are many others as well. The QB situation. Reports from this morning's practice, which is still going, if you just joined us, is that Taysom Hill, although the media wasn't available to see 11-on-11 work, that Taysom Hill participated fully <laughs> in the quarterback drills. Who is this guy? There's... <laughs> I, I, I wonder didn't expect how much him to participate hardly at all. I was the exact same. When we saw this tweet, 
it, it kind of threw me for a loop because I didn't expect it at all. And, and it was one of those things I immediately wondered, okay, I wonder if the coaching staff asked him or if he pretty much just inserted himself out there and said, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. Well, the, the, uh, the discussion from Ty Detmer was we will have him in, as involved as doctors clear him. So he must be cleared to at least plant and throw. If there has ever been a superhero on the, uh, <laughs> that was a BYU Cougar, it is this guy. I mean, this is a guy. Put on those blue goggles, baby. The man, his superpower is healing. The man can heal faster yeah, yes. and stronger than anybody I have ever seen. Yet, he's Mr. Glass from Unbreakable in a way because... He's had those three injuries. So, so there, there's the give and the take. It's not about falling. It's how you get up. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman Begins. Taysom Hill participating in spring ball I think is great news because if he can stay healthy and through the summer, uh, be a leader there with Tanner Mangum, now, now you've got something. And, and yet again, like last year, I think that Taysom Hill appears to be ahead of schedule. But it's just day one. It's I just go, day one. And the QB situation, now that becomes even hotter a topic than it was. Well, there's no question. And, and I want to go back to yours where you're talking about Jamal Williams. I, I think, and this is kind of a hybrid of, of what you mentioned and what I mentioned in terms of the offensive scheme, I'm really curious to find out how Ty Detmer divvies up the running back carries. Sure. Because Look Jamal Williams, guys in there. Jamal Williams, Squally Canada, Algie Brown, Riley, Riley Burt. Burt. We know now that, that Francis Bernard's been moved over to the defensive side of the football, but there's a lot of talent that's coming back. And, and how does Ty utilize those guys and make everybody happy? To me, the running backs are going to carry, yeah, pun intended, this team in the fall because of the loss of some of those running backs. You mentioned position switches. We learned some more from practice today. So Francis Bernard, running back to linebacker. Micah Simon, defensive back to wide receiver. Josh Weeks from wide receiver to tight end. New ones we learned today. Trey Dye is a running back. So not, not a wide receiver. As you recall, he had a couple carries last year. Talon Shumway, who redshirted as a receiver, Last year, he was uh, played bas- on the basketball team as well with Mika, Emery, and Haas at Lone Peak. He is a tight end, so more tight ends. And then Adam Pulsifer, who was a linebacker, is a running back. His wife, Mackenzie Pulsifer, on the women's basketball team as well. So player uh, positions, which I think we might find out even more uh, coming out of camp because this new, this new staff gets in there and goes, okay, I, I see the group we have. We need some tight ends. Let's move you. Let's move you. I've heard about some others, too, waiting to be confirmed, but... The, the the biggest one probably Francis Bernard from running back to linebacker he could they, they did a photo shoot the other day Francis Bernard's biceps are massive the dude has put in time in the offseason and he's got the speed to go with it a lot of times and the, the brutality the, mindset yeah the, the right? bigger you get you know sometimes you lose that speed that's not the case with a guy like Francis Bernard so I actually like that move for him and Harvey Longy did that as well exactly I mean it's it's very very similar to to that situation I, I like that idea and that is one of the things that's really interesting because you have a new coaching staff coming in and you can look at and say okay well you know it's the same talent, but they may want to utilize him in a different way. So I think that's one of the interesting things that we'll see over the next couple of months, or excuse me, a couple of weeks, as to where these guys get shuffled around. And for BYU, uh, who will be the spring camp MVP? We always like to hand that out at the end. The spring camp MVP from last year, Christian Stewart, will join us coming up in 20 minutes. Also, Bronson Kafusi will join us tomorrow to discuss his performance at the combine. Hey, it's not, since it's not too early to talk about the spring ball MVP, mm-hmm. You know what it's also not too early to talk about? Oh, boy. Countdown to the Wildcats. Countdown to the Wildcats. 180. Okay, I'm in. Because yes. I'm in what, today what? because you, spring ball in? is today. Today I am in. 
I'm one not, day in? I'm not in every day. Aww. Yeah. It's March 1st. It's spring ball, so I'll get excited for the moment. I was kind of looking forward to being the gung-ho guy on this today. I, di- I didn't realize like that you were going to join me. Yeah. Yeah, I did join you. It's, it's like what's going to happen at the end of Batman Superman. Like, they, they disagree, but then in the end, it's the Justice League. I like, what? Spoiler alert. Oh, my gosh. No, Come kidding. on, man. There is somebody out there. They're, they're like, Someone's what? like, what? I didn't know that, man. You have to watch the Jimmy Kimmel skit yeah. with, uh, with those guys. Where he gives up everyone's <laughs> secret identity. Yes. Uh, not so secret to everyone else, right? Hey, the conversation's continuing on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. What are the top storylines going into spring football? At Kali underscore 171. Everything in the new offense. New scheme, Taysom and Jamal. At Chubbs 927. With all the hype, excitement, translate to on-field success. Coming up. Christian Stewart and Mike Littlewood, but first, Jeff Judkins on his team's psyche going into Vegas. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are simulcast on BYU Radio, live on BYU TV as well. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. It's a big week. You can catch the West Coast Conference Tournament on BYU TV. We're going to have 11 men's and women's games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. We've got you covered on BYU TV. You better believe it, baby. And as we mentioned, Dick Vitale and Brent Musburger will be there with ESPN as well Monday and Tuesday. So good stuff. Our Twitter question today, what are the top storylines going into spring football? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At BYUTeddyBear89. Nice handle, by the way. (laughs) Nice. Taysom's health, Jamal Williams' passion and energy as a leader, and the new staff's ability to unite the team more than ever. I like it. There's, there's lots of storylines going in. But the fact that you have star power has a lot of value. Has a lot of value on this. There, 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 are, leadership. there are a lot of positive things heading into this year. I mean, you've obviously got a, a very tough schedule, but... This coaching staff, and we've talked about it so much, has inherited a pretty good team. They lost some guys, but they did not lose a ton. So this team's coming back with a lot of its weapons. And now with you know Taysom, who knows you know how healthy, but we know he's participating today. It just, I mean, it's sky's the limit. It really is. And speaking of star power, the women's basketball team has a couple of those on their team. Jeff Judkins, the head coach of the WCC champs, is in studio. Juddy, how you doing, man? Doing good. Really good. So let's talk about going into Vegas. Uh, you just played Gonzaga. They had a great fourth quarter, and they win that game. Yet you won the outright championship. So what's, what's the feeling like with your team as you head into Vegas? Well, we, we felt uh, very confident uh, going into that game, winning the conference, knowing we already won it. And, and we, we really wanted to win the game. We came out and really didn't come out with our, the energy that we needed to start the game, especially there in their home court when they had 6,000 people there cheering them on. Um, we didn't play our best game, but we hung with them. So I think my team knows that when we play the way we're supposed to, we can beat anybody on any given night. And, you know, I told them, this is now we're in a different deal. This is a tournament time. This is time to get focused. And, and uh, I told them that, you know, a few years ago we were 15-1 and one and we got we lost the semifinals and we got aced out of the NCAA tournament. So, Let's just go win the tournament. Let's go with a lot of energy and confidence. We're the defending champs, and let's go play some good basketball. You had a very good regular season. Now that that's over and you have the opportunity to look back on that, what what did you make of the streaks that you went on, the performances that you saw? When you look at it as a whole, what what stands out to you? Uh, Just really good chemistry. 
I think our team really um, – the other night was the first night in the whole year that we kind of lost a little bit of uh, swagger a little bit and listening to what we wanted to do, being focused. And so, But, but this year's team really, most part, was – they they just really were focused on what they were trying to do and they executed what what I wanted them to do, and this is this is my team. Okay, yesterday we practiced and Lexi and Kilani didn't have the best game in Gonzaga, and they came to practice yesterday with a lot of energy, fire in their eyes, ready to go, and that's what's been great about this team. Their leadership of what my, you know what my, my what my seniors and what my best players have really done for this team. It looks like the West Coast Conference Basketball Awards uh, are being announced or will be announced very soon uh, today. Does does a Coach of the Year award, should you be the guy, and I think you should be, uh, is that validating in any way to you? Does that mean something? <laughs> yeah, it means that, you know, you worked hard. People appreciated it. It worked out for you. Your assistant coaches are a big part of success of the team. And I talk about assistant coaches. I talk about everybody. I talk about my trainer, my strength coach. You know, my academic, everybody. Um, but it just means that you had a great year and that you really worked hard as a staff. And the players believed what you did and the players came through for you. You've had the experience, as you mentioned, of going to Vegas and winning the tournament. What did that experience, what did you learn from that experience that you take into this year's tournament? Well, I, I think we've we've had to play big games down there. We've... We seem to play pretty well in that arena. We kind of like that arena. I know McKenzie shot really well last year, and hopefully she can do the same thing. And I think a lot of them feel comfortable. You know, sometimes you go to arena and you don't feel real comfortable. I think we feel comfortable. Second is we've kind of, uh, by being there, we've played every team we kind of know. And there's some things I'm going to change up. There's some things that I, a good coach saves some things in a bag and waits for the tournament to come and do some things a little bit differently. But I think more importantly, my teams, hopefully, they realize that, hey, we come out and play our, our game, we can win. Are you the kind of coach that saves <clears throat> something for the tournament? I have a few things that I've kind of prepared. You want to tell us? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I've, that I've, you know, you see teams play you th- twice, you, you make some adjustments. That's what a good coach does. Mm-hmm. And you beat every team in the WCC as well, yet you have the... Uh, one seed, so you get to wait. You don't know who you're playing yet, which is yeah. sort of disadvantageous um, because now you have to prepare for Pacific and Pepperdine. Yeah, it's kind of uh, – last year, you know, Lisa said it in our meetings, the Gonzaga coach um, said it was really hard, and I can see what she's saying. The thing we're doing a little differently, we are going to practice Thursday morning on the court just to kind of get a good feel, and we're going to handle it like every one of our games. You know, we're we're going to prepare for these two guys it's coaches and – but when it comes, we're going to have that small time to prepare, which we've had to do all season. You know, it's in our conference, you have to do that. And then we went to a tournament in, in Hawaii where we had to do that. So hopefully that will all pay off for us. Is that, does that happen to be between 9 and 10 a.m. on Thursday? Do you know what time? Yes. We're doing, yes, we're doing yeah. our show live in yeah, the arena. Yeah, so if you want to, like, point up at yeah, us. Yeah, it's, it's going like, to be. We'll, yeah. we'll be live during that. Okay, well. That would be nice. <laughs> we can go yeah, down, that, shoot yeah. around with you, whatever. Yeah, you can do that. That would be fine <laughs> with me. But, yeah, we'll have that hour to, to really try to do it. So, overall, then, you like the mindset that your team, even though you lost at Gonzaga, you, you like the mindset yeah. this team's taking yeah. into this week, right? Yeah, I, I, I really do. I think they're ready to go and – you don't know. Basketball is a funny game. You see it every night. Somebody beats somebody they shouldn't be beating, and it's just teams get hot, people get in foul. I mean, tell me how many, how many team sports you, you get in foul trouble and have to sit on the bench. It's 
all those things come in play. That's why this tournament, both for the women and the men, will be a really fun tournament this year. We mentioned that the West Coast Conference awards were coming out, so we do have some breaking news with the men's awards. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. The West Coast Conference basketball awards are out. The player of the year is Kyle Collinsworth from BYU. Very nice. Yes, congratulations. Congratulations. Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher on the first team, Nick Emery on the second team, and on the all-freshman team. We're still waiting for the uh, women's awards. Uh, Do you know the women's awards? No, I don't. You don't? Mm. Okay. I I, I expect you to be coach of the year. I expect Rydalch to be the player of the year. Maybe Purcell is the defensive player of the year. What do you think? Yeah, I'd probably say that. And, and or newcomer? Yeah, she should be a newcomer for sure. She should be a newcomer? Okay. For sure. So still waiting on the women's awards, but Kyle Collinsworth, the WCC Men's Player of the Year, Chase Fisher and Kyle Collinsworth on the first team, and Nick Emery on the second team, and the freshman team. Hey, we give you the karma as you go down to <laughs> Vegas. When do you head down? We head down tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Okay. Us too. We'll see it. We'll see you on the strip. Okay, we'll Tomorrow see. I don't, think, I don't think I'll be there. I'll probably be, in a, probably be in a film room watching film. I know. We avoid it like the play, too. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Hey, thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks for the fun year. It's been really great. Absolutely. You can watch uh, BYU and Pepperdine or Pacific, the women, on Friday at 3 Eastern time. Coming up, Mike Littlewood on the baseball team's hot start. But first, last year's spring ball MVP, Christian Stewart, joins BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jeremy Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on Snapchat. We are all about the Snapchat now at BYU Sports Nation <laughs> to get an inside look at the world of BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, I think uh, Kate Hansen, who's actually on our staff, the Olympian from Sochi. Awesome. We have something from her. on. She's on our staff. She's, she's helping Snapchat right now. Are you sending one right now? Right now, she says, okay? So new stuff, uh, new stuff on Snapchat. So check it out. Behind-the-scenes stuff here in Vegas. We're going to hit it hard like we always do in Vegas, uh, on Snapchat specifically. So careful there. Hey, uh, let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you missed it, the Men's Basketball West Coast Conference Awards were just released moments ago. The player of the year is Kyle Collinsworth. Congratulations to Kyle. Chase Fisher and Kyle Collinsworth are on the first team. Nick Emery on the second team. And the all-freshman team, so congrats to those guys. Absolutely. The first of 10 spring football practices began today, wrapping up in the next few minutes more on spring football coming up. BYU pitchers Michael Rucker and McKenna Bull took home West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week awards. Congratulations. And the men's volleyball team stayed at number two in this week's AVCA poll. The media poll comes out later today. Day one of spring football. With that, we welcome in our next guest, the spring camp MVP from last season, Christian Stewart on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Christian, how are you doing, brother? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Great. Can you confirm that you are not involved in spring (laughs) ball or uh, in pro days with anyone this year? Well, that depends on did you watch practice today? Uh, no, we've Ooh. been doing the show, but there was no report of you there. All right. Well, I was there. I just was wearing an alias, alias jersey, <laughs> visor. Nobody knew who I was. <laughs> and that's why you're on the phone and not in studio. Exactly. <laughs> Tell us about spring ball day one. What's that like uh, to, one, go out there, and then, two, what you think it's like to learn uh, a new offense for a guy like Tanner Mangum and Taysom Hill? Yeah, so Taysom's not – he's not practicing, right? He practiced. Just, he did not do 11 on 11, but he threw today. Surprising, right? You must have been oh, on good. the other side of the field so, when he was throwing. So you weren't there. Yeah, there that's okay. Is. All right, all right. 
There it is. We caught you in your lie. (laughs) Yeah, so the first day of spring ball, man, that's a fun day, but also probably one of the worst days of spring ball. So the coaches are basically trying to establish the attitude and the mindset for all of spring ball. And at least with Coach Mendenhall, it turned into a lot of running, a lot of redoing drills, just so that everyone has their mind right for, you know, the next 10 practices, five weeks, whatever it is. And then everyone's just excited to be there. They're excited to be out there running around. I, From what I hear, it's great weather out in Utah. And, yeah, people are just excited Unfortunately, that leads to some floppy football play, especially because it's going to be a new offense. But that'll all, you know, come with with time and as the coach is able to work with their individual position groups. Christian, what did you make of the news that Taysom Hill was coming back? Were you surprised at all when he made that decision? So, yes and no. I I thought Taysom would try to go somewhere else just because, I mean, coming to compete with Tanner – I mean, that's, that's a QB battle right there, and I don't know if, if Taysom can beat him out. Just because I think that this new offense, if it's the type of offense that I'm thinking, a pro-style offense under center, I mean, it fits into Tanner's strengths a lot more than it does into Taysom's, in, in my opinion. So I, I thought it was surprising in that regard that Taysom did come back, but at the same time, not being able to fully participate in spring ball, it would have been hard for him to really win the starting position anywhere else but BYU. So in that, in that regard, it makes sense. Yeah, this throws a wrinkle into kind of what I thought, which was if Taysom Hill is very limited in spring ball, I thought that Tanner Mangan would be the guy going into fall camp, and then we'd see. But if he's fully healthy by the time fall camp rolls around, if he's throwing now, um, who should be the starter against Arizona? So throwing now, I mean, that doesn't make much of a difference. He, so this new offense, if you're under center, everything as a quarterback ties to your feet. Footwork is the most essential part of the quarterback's game in an under center profile offense. And if Taysom's not able to be working on that and having all the throws time out with his footwork, then, I mean, it's going to be a, a steep learning curve and, and Taysom can do it, obviously. He's a phenomenal athlete and been playing quarterback his whole life. But there definitely is a learning curve to, to playing in this type of offense. And if he's not able to be taking those drops and timing all the throws out with his feet come, well, right now in spring ball, then when fall camp rolls around, he's, he's going to have to play some serious catch-up, in my opinion. I have to imagine, and, and it's, it's regardless of who plays quarterback, but I, I would imagine if putting yourself in that position, you would love to play for an offensive coordinator like Ty Detmer, who has an understanding, he's, this is his first job at this level, but with his experience and who he is and the knowledge he brings, I've got to imagine you would love to be in that type of a situation, right? I mean, that's a, that's a quarterback's dream, and anybody really on the offense, their dream, someone who's been in the thick of it in the NFL, played with some of the best to, to ever play, really, and play the position of quarterback. I mean, you have the best resource um, to become a great quarterback and hopefully you know, move on to the next level, which I think uh, both Tanner and Taysom will probably have the opportunity to do. 
Christian, it's interesting because you have two good quarterbacks. Yet I look at the running backs, and to me, that's probably where you have the most playmakers in any group uh, on the field, in my opinion. So many running back options. Jamal Williams back, Algernon Brown, Riley Burt, um, and I'm forgetting one. But, yeah, they, so, uh, so many options. Squally Canada was the other. So many options at running back. Do you think the running backs will have an, maybe an increased role this fall, given the fact that you already lost five seniors at wideout? Yeah, I think you're obviously going to have to rely on on the running backs a little more. It's much more of an experienced group than the receivers will be. I think you know you have Nick Kirk coming back, but but other than that, it's going to be a lot of young uh, receivers on the outside. And I think in this new new offense, once again, I mean I haven't seen uh, exactly what Ty is trying to do with the offense, but. In my mind, you have to establish the run first, and once the run opens up in a pro-style offense, and once you start pounding it and people start sucking up, then all the passing lanes will open up. And so I see them trying to perfect the run first and then letting the passing game evolve naturally from there. Christian, we appreciate the time, man. I'm sure we'll talk to you later as the season goes on. 180 days until BYU at Arizona. I thought you didn't believe in the countdown. Today I do because it's spring <laughs> yeah, it's ball. It's a one-day thing for him apparently today. <laughs> it's spring ball, the beginning of spring ball, so I'm all in now, baby. I love it. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming Thanks, on. Christian. We'll see you later, Christian. Christian Stewart yeah, okay. on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Interesting conversation there about the footwork involved and uh, you know Taysom Hill at this point not involved in that part of it. So behind the A-ball a little bit. Christian's one of the best interviews. He always tells it like it is. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Didn't agree <laughs> with me at all. I loved it. Coming up, Mike Littlewood recaps a historic start for BYU baseball. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jeremy Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of the show, it's a rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. It's always a big week, but it's a bigger week on BYU TV. We've got the West Coast Conference Vegas! Basketball Tournament. We're going to have 11 men's and women's games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. So we're going to have you covered through the entire tournament. You better believe it. What are the top storylines going into spring football? It's today's Twitter question. More tweets using the hashtag BYUSN are coming in at Von Emmett. Four T's, Taysom's foot, Tanner's status, Ty's offense, Tuiaki's defense. I like it. Now, that is the most creative tweet we have seen all day. That's good. And he covers all of his bases right there. All the bases. Taysom's foot, Tanner's status, Ty's offense, Tuiaki's defense. If you missed it, Taysom Hill out there, not running around, but throwing today, which I think was a little bit of a surprise, uh, at least to me. Yeah, I, I did not expect them. Hey, BYU baseball is 7-1. and one. With two series in the books against St. Louis and Sanford, not Stanford, Sanford, with Kansas this week, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The BYU baseball team is averaging 8.8 runs per game. Where is that nationally? 27th in the country. Scoring a lot of runs, 7-1 and one on the season. With that, we bring in the head ball coach, Mike Littlewood. Uh, fresh off of that Sanford series. Congratulations on the start to the season. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, the guys are playing well. I think uh, Jason's been to some practices. and Like every I think, practice, right? You know, he has. It's yeah. been awesome. Baseball yeah. insider. Get, get to know, I'm the baseball insider now. <laughs> getting to know our guys, me. yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think he knows we're talented, but I think the thing that people don't see is, man, these guys want to go compete. They have fun together. That team chemistry thing's huge. 
it, it's funny because I, you knew you had a good team heading into these series, going all the way back to the first one against St. Louis. Is it, is it validation, though, to see the team come out and perform the way they are, though? For sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Because you always, on paper, it's always easy to you know, kind of project. We've got you know, eight, nine good hitters. I think right now we've got 12, 13 hitters in our lineup that are going to just give pitchers, opposing pitchers fits. And that's a big thing. I mean, in previous years, we've had five or six guys who are going to put, put together good at-bats and make the pitcher work. And maybe three or four guys that, hey, if you make good pitches, you're going to get them out. But uh, we've had a couple of guys come in. Um, Daniel Schneeman played third. Jackson Clough played third. Put together great at-bats. And, I mean, it's just it's really exciting to, to be able to go into opposing teams. You know, Sanford's a tough place to play. They expected, I'm sure, to sweep us. And we kind of surprised them a little bit. But it's nice to go in there with a, with a fully loaded team, knowing you're going to be able to compete at that level. The 6-0 and start, by the way, and then you go 1-1 one and one after that. Uh, to go seven one. The 6-0 and start is the best start in school history to a season. What does that mean to you? Have you guys do that? Um, not a whole lot, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it's, for me, it's, just, it's gratifying to get off to a good start. It's one of the things that was one of our goals. To These are RPI. We talked about it last week. These are RPI schedule right here with St. Louis, who's going to win their league, uh, even though they've gotten off to a, a tough start. Sanford's going to win their league, the Southern Conference. They're going to win 30 games, and so that, this is huge for us. If we can keep this role going, go to Kansas, win the series, um, and then they do well, it really, really bumps our RPI. Going into, you know, we're home for, I think, six weeks after this, which is tremendous for us. I mean, that's probably never happened at BYU before. That's a long time, yeah. yeah. We talked about the team, you know, hitting so well, but you're also getting really good starting pitching. Uh, Michael Rucker, he's been fantastic. He was named the uh, the Rollins WCC Pitcher of the Week. He's 2-0. and He's got a 1.38 earn run average. What do you see as his biggest strengths, and why has he been so dominant in his first two starts? Well, he's got a few strengths. Number one, I think, is just his bulldog attitude. He's... Uh, you, you you could look at Mike on the mound, and you wouldn't know if he's down 10 runs or up 10 runs or the game's tied. He, he's, uh, we talk about trying to be even keel all the time, and he, he's that. But he's got great stuff. I mean, he's, his fastball is 92-94. He throws it where he wants it. I mean, against Samford, the wind was blowing in from right field, probably like 35 miles an hour. So we just – our theory our, – our, kind of our game plan going in is we have to pitch these guys in. They're big and strong. We can't let them get the bat – you know, their arms extended – we saw the conditions, and we said, Mike, hey, we got to just live on the outside part of the plate. And he did that. I mean, he lived on the black to maybe two, three inches off the black. The umpire started giving him a little bit more, and his slider was probably his best pitch that day. I mean, he throws three pitches for strikes in a couple different angles. He's just I – th- I think he's, you know, as good as anybody in the country. I, I, I wouldn't mind him matching up against anybody. Mike, we're going we're gonna to pause our conversation for a second because we have some breaking news with the BYU or the West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Award. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Jeff Judkins is the coach of the year, as predicted earlier. So we had the coach of the year on a little earlier. Awesome. Lexi Rydalch, the player of the year in the West Coast Conference, and Kalani Purcell, the newcomer of the year. So I think we nailed it. We predicted <laughs> that those would happen, and they did. Hey, the women's basketball team dominated the weekly West Coast Conference Awards. Why yes. not dominate why, the postseason awards as well? That? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so congratulations to Juddie, uh, Lexi Rydalch, and Kalani Purcell for those awards. Uh, baseball hoping to, to rake in those at the end of the season as well. So um, you talked about Michael Rucker. Your starting pitching has been really good overall as well. What kind of difference do you think that will make this entire season for you guys? Well, I think it, it's, it's the name of the game. Starting pitching is the name of the game in any, whether it's Little League or, or college, high school, or, or the big leagues. Uh, Maverick Buffalo has been big for us. Um, you know, that, that, 
Hayden Rogers, our lefty, struggled just a little bit, wasn't hitting spots, but he's kind of a veteran guy that we can send out there. So that third, I, this week we have a TBD for our third start because we just aren't sure which way to go. We have good options, but um, you know we want to make sure that we get the right guy in there to start that third game. Connor Williams, um, you know he's 94, 95 miles an hour, but he just right now he's not he's not locating how we want him to. So he'll throw a couple innings and have three or four walks, and that just can't happen. You can't spot teams, especially in our league with the pitching we're going to see. You can't spot teams. So it is. But the nice thing about it is we have guys in the pen. And that last game, that fourth game of the series, we pieced together uh, that game uh, as well as we've done in, in four years. Riley Gates came in. Mason Marshall was outstanding. He was, I mean, he, he was probably what he was like. I didn't see him as a freshman when he was an All-American. He was probably that good or better in Sanford, which is, for us, it, it's just a, a blessing to see that because we need a guy at the back end of games that are gonna, that's going to shut Shut things down. The Mantis. Yeah, yeah. the Mantis. I saw yeah. him as a freshman. Yeah, he yeah. Was, it was he's really pretty darn good. good. I wanted to ask you about uh, a couple of guys specifically that are, we, when we talked about just how good the team is hitting overall, but Brennan Lund is batting over 500 right now. He's your leadoff guy, so you're, you're getting on base a yeah. lot. But Tanner Chauncey has been good. You know what you're going to get from Colton Shaver. Kyle Dean has done well. Brennan Anderson is a guy that has, has done really well, especially in that Sanford series. What has what what are you seeing from these guys at the plate that is leading to them hitting for such high average? It's a, it's their approach, and you know Brendan's not going to hit 500 this year. Everybody's going to settle in, uh, but but to me, it's it's quality at bats and it's it's approach. Uh, they're it seems elementary, but they're swinging at strikes and taking balls. And really, when it comes down to it, that's what baseball and, and hitting is all about: getting pitches you can hit. Um, and handle, and they're doing that. But Brandon Anderson, it's no surprise to us he's doing that. He had a three-run home run at LSU when we beat them um, his freshman year, went on a mission. So he's a complete hitter. I mean, I, I hit him fourth when Bronson didn't play. I mean, he's he's a guy hitting sixth or seventh for us, but he's a three or four hitter on a, on a lot of teams. What's interesting is you look at that last game. We went at 6-4, I think. All of our – so we have nine hitters in the lineup, right? All the odd hitters had two hits or more. All the even hitters had zero hits. So it kind of shows you hmm. if one guy doesn't do the job, somebody else is going to pick him up in this lineup. Where last year, if Dylan Robinson didn't hit or Bronson Larson didn't hit or Chauncey didn't hit, then we had to go clear around to, the, to them again to see if they were going to – so it's like we could score once every three innings, you know. Um, this year, it's every single inning. We're going we're gonna to be able to just put some pressure on the, on the opposing pitcher. Nice shirt. We buried the lead here. <laughs> represent, <laughs> represent, baby. Usually I don't wear T-shirts in here, but hey, I had Ben gave it to me, and I'm going to wear it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys yeah, and flexing the guns. Yeah, he brought the shirt well. and the hey, guns. Look at yeah. that. I'm not even flexing. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Blaine, who seriously lifts like twice a day. It's fantastic. Well, good luck at uh, good w- luck at Kansas. Uh, everyone can watch those on ESPN three. Absolutely. So yeah. Awesome. Okay, Mike Little with the head baseball coach. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, If you missed it, the men and women's uh, basketball awards coming up. BYU sweeps the Player of the Year awards with Kyle Collinsworth and Lexi Rydalch. We'll break that down a little bit more coming up as well. Coming up, Pitchers of the Week, Jimmer's last chance in the NBA, maybe, and a men's volleyball ranking update. It's all coming up in the Cougar Whip Round. Tons going on today. I mean, this is spring football, baseball's going out there, basketball. It is a beautiful time to be a sports fan. It's March, baby. (laughs) It's getting warm. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. It's been a big day. Spring football begins. Jimmer Fredette, potentially his last game with the Knicks tonight. Hopefully he gets another 10-day contract. West Coast Conference uh, Basketball Awards coming out. Uh, Lexi Rydalch, Women's Player of the Year. 
Uh, Kyle Judkins. Collinsworth, men's player of the yep. year, Jeff Judkins. Lots going on there. But first, we want to go down to spring football practice. It is wrapped up. And now joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is former running back, now linebacker, Francis Bernard. Francis, how's it going, brother? It's going great. How y'all doing? Great. How was day one as a linebacker? Um, it was a little nerve-wracking, but it was fun. I loved it. So tell us the story. How, is this something that the coaches came to you and approached you about? Or did you say, hey, maybe I, I, I might be willing to do this? How did the whole situation come about? Uh, it was a mutual decision. You know, the, um, they thought I could play, and I, I, I knew I could come in and, and do some some work. And so I just made the transition and just committed myself to, since then. When when was that conversation? Um, just a little after uh, Kalani had just been hired, so... Did that change the way that you uh, lifted in any way? Uh, yes, sir. I, just, I had to lift more in sense and just be able to be more powerful in my legs. So it's funny. It's funny you mention that. I, I actually I see your cousin and I don't know his name, but I talk to him every day at the gym. He's always giving me updates on Francis Bernard. He's telling me <laughs> that you are getting huge. What's what's that transition been like for you as you prepare for this new position? Um, the transition, it's, like I said, it's been some nerve-wracking, um, just kind of not knowing what, what to expect. But, you know, I, I made that commitment to, to go into this, this whole deal with not knowing what the outcome was going to be. But, you know, I had a good day and just hopefully we can keep having better days as we go on. Even though it was something that you're, you're willing to do and happy to do, how difficult was it to give up the offensive side? Um, it was difficult. You know, I, I went through my, my prep uh years in high school playing mostly running back and so I came here to play running back but you know I'm, I'm happy I made the, the transition. When you look at what you were kind of being set up to do which I thought you were a really effective rusher as a freshman and powerful um, there's a lot of talent in that room for the running backs yet I thought you were going to get some run. Did you think maybe you could see the field more as a linebacker? Did that weigh into that decision at all? Um, a little bit. Mostly just for you know um, on going on to the next level being a a Polynesian, you know, linebacker just sounds a lot better and looks a, lot, a whole lot better for scouts. How much did you talk to Harvey Longy about this? He obviously did the exact same thing. Did you discuss this at all with him before ultimately making the decision? Oh, I mean, I would. I talked to him, you know, right right after right after the season ended, just you know, asking for his advice, seeing what you know what I really have to expect to do and what are the things I need to work on. So he's helped out tremendously. So you would rather give the hit than take the hit. Is that the bottom line here, Francis? <laughs> That's the bottom line, yes, sir. <laughs> and you gave the hit as a running back. I thought that was fun. What What was it like uh, with that new coaching staff out there at practice today? Oh, it was it was live. I mean, just feel you could feel the difference. You could feel just the energy they bring, and just you know they're they're putting us out there just to play. So it was awesome. We know that uh, the Taysom took part in in drills today. Um, First of all, did that surprise you? And then secondly, how did he look out there today? Oh, he looks good. I mean, Taysom's always going to look good, but um, it, it didn't surprise us at all. It, just, it felt like it was you know, last year's fall camp. All the boys got together, so it was cool. What would be the punishment, do you think, if somebody hit Taysom right now? You, oh, what would happen to somebody if they, <laughs> if they, if they laid into Taysom? I, I don't know what the – it would be something bad. But, you know, knowing Taysom, Taysom probably wouldn't even be that mad. He'd be like, all right, come again. <laughs> Francis Bernard is joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. What position specifically are you going to play at linebacker? Which linebacker spot? So I'll, put, 
I'll play the bow position, which is more the weak side linebacker. Mm. Are you guys practicing any um, any four three, or is it all three four? It's it's all four three. It's all four three. Yes, sir. Okay, so how how different? Is, I know you weren't on defense last year, but how different is that to see the defense in a four three versus a three four? Um, it's not too different. I mean, when, when, once you learn one defense and just like the position specifics, you know, the fundamentals, everything else is kind of pretty much the same. You just got to learn different terms and stuff. So, not that one situation was good and the other is bad or vice versa, but every player that we've talked to in the off season, there just is this air of of like a fresh start. Everyone's just really excited and confident about the way that the program is moving right now. As, as a player, what's the, what's the mindset of this team heading into this year? Um, I think the, the, the mindset is just, I mean, just to come out and show what we got. You know, new coach, new start. People are doubting, and so we just got to come out swinging. So we're just out here to play our game, and we know, we know – you know what we can do. So, what kind of identity are you trying to establish at the beginning of fall camp here as a defense? Oh, we're, we're just just a, a kind of aggressive identity. You know, being able to play people man to man, and most of the time doing all the blitz, kicks at the quarterback. So, just a really aggressive type, type of defense. With what? the with the likes of Tuiaki, he's he's come on the show and mentioned that same thing. Kind of, we want to be aggressive. What are some of the words that he uses that you're kind of getting used to? Of okay, this is who we are. Um, ooh, words. I feel. I mean, I would probably just say you know he tells us you know we need to man up or play with the swagger in the sense, the swagger of being you know just really tough. You know, not be not backing down from nobody. You know, so I'd say just playing with the swagger is what he, he keeps his favorite. Um, Iterating to us. You mentioned earlier about the the Polynesian coaches. As as a Polynesian yourself, I'm curious, what does that mean to you as a as a Polynesian athlete to be able to have so many Polynesian coaches on the staff? Uh, I think one, it just it makes it it makes it a whole lot comfortable and just like fun, you know, just being able to talk to them, joke around with them, you know, the way I joke around with my boys, and then two, just it makes me proud, you know, to see. Um, our Polynesian people up and, you know, coaching, being head coaches at programs and even the offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, like, it's amazing, you know, it's like, it's like a dream, so it's cool. Francis, we appreciate the time. Best of luck in spring ball, and thanks a lot, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Okay, Francis Bernard on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Francis Bernard telling us that they practiced all in a 4-3 today at at practice on day one, defensively. Yeah. And Taysom looked good. And, and nobody Taysom was surprised he was out there. That's exactly right. That's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. So spring ball begins. Vegas is this week. And if you missed it, let's recap the men and women's basketball awards. Kyle Collinsworth, the West Coast Conference Men's Player of the Year. Uh, Chase Fisher on the first team with Kyle Collinsworth. Nick Emery on the freshman team and the second team. On the women's side, the coach of the year is Jeff Judkins. The player of the year is Lexi Rydalch. The newcomer of the year is Kalani Purcell. And then Rydalch and Purcell uh, on the first team, Mackenzie Pulsifer on the second. Kylie Maeda on the honorable, uh, she was honorably mentioned. So BYU taking home both player of the year awards. And, and, there's a reason why. If you if you paid attention to what this this women's basketball team did, they were so good and so consistent that it's not a surprise at all. Any surprises on either the men's or the women's of 
of these awards coming. And, Anything and, surprise you? And we just mentioned the BYU, but no, no, we just mentioned the BYU ones. But no, Kyle Collinsworth to me, to me, he's the best player in the league. To me, this is also a nod to his career. Right. It's. I, I'm not saying he wasn't good enough to earn it this year. He definitely was. But uh, I, I thought it might be Kyle Wilcher. So Kyle Collinsworth takes this home. And the career that Kyle has put together, I think, is validated in this award as well. Yeah, the, these guys, and I think that's a great point, that you know, this season has been really spectacular for both of the players of the year in Wright, Alch, and Collinsworth, but their careers, while at BYU, have been some Fantastic. of the best we've seen. Yeah, Wright, Alch is the WCC all-time leading, leading scorer. scorer. That's right. I mean, I mean she'd be, and, and that was set, I believe, two years ago. In the league, so for her to do it again, and not even supposed to be here because she had a medical redshirt, tore ACL a couple years ago. Uh, here she is. So if you missed it, spring ball day one, we discussed uh, top storylines going into that. Uh, lots of position changes came out of that. We just talked to Francis Bernard, who's maybe the most notable of those position changes. Uh, and then West Coast Conference basketball awards coming up. BYU sweeps the Player of the Year, Juddy, the Coach of the Year, a bunch on the All West Coast Conference. Teams and uh, BYU men and women await action uh, this weekend in Vegas. The women Friday at 3 Eastern on BYU TV. The men Saturday at 4 Eastern. And it's on, baby. It's on. Thursday we'll uh, be live from Vegas for BYU Sports Nation. I, this is part of the reason I love March. Look at uh, Today is a microcosm of why, why March is the best month. Will we be seeing you taking any other pictures and tweeting them out of Spencer taking a nap? Yeah, absolutely. Is, I, that, I is that like an annual thing? Uh, yeah, it will be this okay. one. Yeah, right. absolutely. Let's get to today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. How you need it most? DexterLaw.com. We were going to – let's give it to a bunch of people. McKenna Bull and Michael Rucker, Pitchers of the Week. Yep. And then the Players of the Year in, in uh, West Coast Conference play, Kyle Collinsworth and Lexi Rydelch. Well-deserved. They get today's Rise and Shout. Our elite tweet of the day, what are the top storylines going into spring football? It's being copied in now. At Laser Sheep, Taysom versus Tanner. People act like they're enemies. Jamal Williams and the Warner Brothers. Everything will be fine. That's Elite. I love it. Thanks to everybody that joined the program today. Jeff Judkins, Jordan Christian Crow. Stewart, Mike Littlewood, Francis Bird, everybody on the crew. Conversation continues 24-7. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter. Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ryan Patterson. See ya!